Okay. Praise God. Are you ready? Yes. I want to preach to you. Amen. And so uh, I'm excited because I, I really feel like some of you are going to be encouraged. Because obviously there was a, a Supreme Court denial of some things that took place this week. And for some, it just sucked the air completely out of them. And even when they were sharing the prophecies on Flashpoint this week about Texas, I had this feeling that they were going to strike this particular time. I'm not saying that it won't re-go to the court, but I've never really felt like that's necessarily the path that God's going to choose. God's got something up his sleeve. And the worst thing that you can do... Now, how many of you in this room, you ever played competitive sports? Anybody ever played competitive sports? What kind of coach would you want to play for if you got into the locker room and he allowed you to talk defeat. What kind of team would you have? People are all over social media crying tears, basing everything on one little Supreme Court rejection. Well, but Pastor Hank, he's lost President Trump in so many different court cases. Don't you understand something? When you are in war, because this is what this is, and if you don't like me, turn it off right now. Because if you comment, you're gone. Bad, that is. Because I ain't playing. They are waiting for you to concede. They want to mock you, scare you, intimidate you. So don't, on social media, put your feelings out there. That's exactly what they want. to convince you that their lies are getting through. Can you imagine in the days of the American Revolution that you would alert the British that you're scared? That you alert the British that you think you're going to lose and there's no hope? What made this nation great and what makes this nation great is the patriots, the mighty military and veterans people who have fought for this nation that we never allow the enemy to see us sweat. We will beat our plowshares into spears. Are you listening? We'll do whatever it takes to fight, but we will not give in to injustice. So every time you're doing that on social media, but the prophet said, the prophet said, It ain't over. Okay? And let me just say this for a moment. Do you really, 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 really believe that since 2016, as crazy as all this has been, they already identified the left, what their agenda was. They said it. He hadn't even been inaugurated. They already spoke that they would impeach him. They already revealed what their hand was. And they have tried. Come on. Russia collusion. Do we need to keep going down the list of made-up lies? Do you not think for a moment the announcement that they made on election night that the left Candidate 46 that does not exist, do you really think that that was truthful? Now listen to me. Do you really, really believe? Use your brain. 
You are watching everybody. How many of you watched that night? We are not making this up. The nation was going red. The numbers were soaring for 45. Use your brain. If there's not an agenda, why, when the nation is going red, and it was very convincing that the opposite guy gets in and has the most weird, unusual speech declaring himself to be victor that I've ever seen in my life. Made no sense. He didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. And immediately after that moment, there was a sound and a shot heard around the world. And everything stopped. Wait a minute. What gives you the right to stop the election? And then suddenly, within an hour, two hours, three hours, hundreds of thousands of votes, whatever it took to make up the gap that they were losing to. And all of these, quote, votes that came after hours that they're saying exists was for one candidate. Use your brain. We are in the middle of an absolute Marxist takeover of our nation. They are trying to steal our nation from us through fraud and lies. And you buy their lies? And you're willing to concede? First of all, you shouldn't have put a check mark by the guy on the left anyway. If you really love your, your nation and love your God. Why would you vote for a party that already said we don't want God? So use your brain. Now they have to come out, and, and how are they going to control and create propaganda to further their lies? They're going to use the media. And they're using the media. And if you say anything contrary, uh, am I still on Facebook right now? They take you off. What are you scared of? They don't want the truth because if they hear the truth, you hear the truth and use your brain, you will see you and we are being lied to. President Trump, you should not ever think of conceding when you won. All right, let's go. So let's, let's back up. I'm going to be a pastor now for just a moment. Actually, that's how we're supposed to be as pastors. It's the reason our nation's a mess, because of wimpy preachers. Now, and wimpy Christians. All right. Second Chronicles. So at the beginning of this year, let's just back up. So last year, before this year, God began to speak. So last year before this year, that's how, that's how it usually is, right? Okay, anyway, just follow me. So God began to declare that 2020 would be the year of perfect vision. And I've heard people, oh, where's the perfect vision? I don't see it. You're, sometimes when you're in the storm or you're in the battle, you don't see just how much God was, was working in your midst. How many can identify with that? Have you ever been through a situation and you look back and you go, wow, now I can see it. How many ever said that? Wow, now I can see what you're doing, God. 
And so God began to declare that it would be the year of, of perfect vision. Okay, so if that's the case, what is God trying to get us to see? He's trying to get us to see his perspective. Now, this is very important because in Mark 8, you can write this down. It begins in verse 22. It's the only miracle of healing that we know that Jesus did that he touched or prayed for a man a second time. And it had to do with a blind man who needed a fresh touch upon his eyes. Now, watch this. The first thing that Jesus does when he gets ready to heal this man or bring a fresh touch upon his eyes, and this is why it's important, those of you that are watching in this room, he takes the man out of the city to get ready to move his hand. Why is that important? Because if the man would have had his eyes open, he hadn't seen before, God did not want, Jesus did not want his perspective to be based on what man built. What was being discussed in the town. That's why he brings him out into an open area so he could see what God created. He could see God's perspective. So 2020 is on purpose about seeing what God is doing. Now here's, here's what Christians do. In Mark chapter 6, the disciples are in the boat. They're in a pandemic, modern translation. They're in the fight of their life, modern translation. And the disciples begin to fear. That's where some folks are at today. And Jesus, in his grace and his mercy, is intending on purpose to pass them by because they were in a test. We have been in a test. Yes, things have been crazy. Yes, there has been storms, just like those disciples in the boat. But Jesus is walking towards them, and here's what they do and what some folks are doing right now. They cry out, and they think that the visitation of Jesus is a ghost. They don't even recognize that it's Jesus. That's exactly what people are doing today. They are looking at all the things that the media is saying the storm that we're in, and they're thinking that God's intention towards us and towards this nation is, is, is evil. It's a ghost. It's evil. And yet Jesus is trying to say, I am bringing a great awakening to this nation. And you're calling and misreading the signs because you're basing everything on what you hear on the news, and they've been lying to us. How many here? So what's the message? 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20. I want, I want you to look at this. This is no coincidence that it happens to be 2020, the year, but also the verse 2020. Because God wants us to see something. The latter part of that verse, it says, believe in the Lord your God. So that's God's perspective. That's what he's trying to get us to do. Believe God, trust in him. And then it says, and believe his prophets, that's the second thing. God wants you to believe him, but believe his spokesman. Now, I do not think for a moment that God's leading prophets that have track records of very precise words have all missed it, and somehow the media is telling the truth. Have they told the truth in the last four years? Then why are we attacking the prophetic voices of the Lord? And, oh, I just will never follow anyone again. But you'll go and be a Fox News junkie who has sold out and betrayed this nation. 
and sit there and believe them. Do you understand that we are in prophetic narratives? You say, well, what's prophetic narratives? We're going to talk about that. It's where, it's where history is almost repeating itself or being played out again prophetically. It's where we can look at things that actually happened in history or even specifically in Scripture and, and, and be able to relate prophetically how it's being played out. That's why Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, he said, as in the days of Noah. So he was speaking about a literal event, but bringing it fast forward into where he was saying, this is a prophetic narrative. Like it was in the days of Noah is how this is going to play out. They'll be eating and drinking and giving in marriage. Now, in the same way, there's two prophetic narratives that are specifically being played out right now and God is about to have his way. Now here's what it is. The first one is 1 Kings chapter 18. And in 1 Kings chapter 18, the prophet has to stand up with a holy boldness and authority and address the people who had been listening to 850 false prophets at the hand of a wicked, wicked, wicked queen, Jezebel, who wanted to be president, but she was vice president, so she thought. And so, in, and, and there was a wimpy king who thought he was the president El Capitan. But he was a coward. He didn't know how to rule. And so, the prophet has to stand up and say to the people, why are you caught between two opinions. That's why don't be inconsistent. One day it, the court rules this or you read something. You ever notice how come it is when you hear the news your faith goes out the window? I don't listen to the news. That's why I'm not moved. I really don't care. But I've had it where people say something to me. It tries to hit me and I'll just be, I'll respond back. Because we're in a day, don't be caught between two opinions. If God be God, serve him. Now, here's what's happening. The prophet called for a showdown. And he said there are four things that the prophets of Baal, the false media of that day that controlled the nation, just like they're trying to control today. You know what they did? They did four things. They began to shout. So their voice was loud. That's what the media is doing right now. They, they began to prophesy. Okay, what's that? They began to declare their false statements, getting the people to believe it and fear it. Three, they began to dance and celebrate. Boy, they're dancing and celebrating, announcing 46 that we nix that does not exist. The fourth thing they did is they cut themselves. And they don't realize in this prophetic narrative being played out today that the media has cut themselves. I'm telling you, they have committed political suicide. They have committed media suicide, I should say. And here's the point of this. They bled and bled and bled, but there was a showdown at the right moment. It's like this. The prophet gets up and he mocks them. They've been mocking us. That's why I don't put your comments out there where they can see it. You are a warrior. You are a patriot. You never, never, never show your weakness. And so what, what the prophet does is he says, okay, come on. He mocked him. Is your, is, and this, you can literally read it. Is your God out using the restroom? Is he, is he taking a pee? That's what he said. And so as much as they mocked the prophets, the prophets mocked them back. Quit being a wimp. Have some fun. Oh, but Jesus, you know, he was so proper. Excuse me, he's the same Jesus that said, go tell that fox, Herod, that fox. He's the same one that 
rose up with the scribes and Pharisees and call, call, called them, uh, why did, what, what, why did uh, sepulchers full of dead men's bones? Sometimes you got to mock it, call it out, speak the truth about it. I'm not saying you be a racist. I'm not saying that you, you degrade uh, other people. But here's what I am saying. There comes a point where you need to speak up and say, I ain't buying your baloney. Ain't going to eat it. And so there's a prophetic narrative. And here's what, here's what he did. He told him, he said, now, pour on the water. So they poured it on thick. Man, they were pouring on water on the altar. And he said, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. You know what? They're pouring it on thick, man. It looks like, you know, God has forgotten this nation. And everything that the enemy's doing is successful in winning. And God's just letting them pour it on. And then all of a sudden, there's going to come a moment that God's fire falls. Amen? Now, we're in a prophetic narrative. Here's how I know. In August of 2019, and in September of 2019, God began to speak that we are in the decade of difference. How many remember that? He spoke it in 2019, said, as you go to the new decade, it'll be known as the decade of difference. Like in the days, watch this, between Egypt and Israel. So he's already telling us, August 2019, look, there's coming a prophetic narrative. It'll be like in the days of Egypt and Israel. He then tells us in September, he repeats it again, and he says, there'll be plagues. How many remember that? And he said, the year will start off harsh, and there'll be plagues, but it'll again be like in the days of Israel and Egypt. So if that's the case, if we're in the days where it's like Israel and Egypt, then we need to go back and look at what God is specifically saying. I want you to look at Exodus chapter 14. And let's look at this, uh, this chapter here because this is the prophetic narrative that is being played out again. History is repeating itself. Now you say, well, d does history ever repeat itself with God? Yes, it does. You have to write these scriptures down as you go to Exodus 14. In Ecclesiastes chapter 1, it says that what has been shall be again. Ecclesiastes 1.9. So God, sometimes what has been shall be again. Then there's another scripture in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 3.15. It says that uh, what has been is now. And God, uh, the Amplified Version says, God seeks what has passed by or, or history repeats itself or God allows history to repeat itself. Okay? That's like Time Magazine, for example. You know, just put out uh, their man of the year and it's uh, 46 that doesn't exist. But if you keep searching on who their men of the year have been, Hitler was even one of your men of the year, Time Magazine. Interesting. Because history is repeating itself. There's an agenda of the same kind of takeover of a nation, but we're not going to allow it, and neither is God. So in Exodus 14, we have to understand that Israel went through plagues. You say, well, how, how do you know that Israel went through plagues? They, at least, theologians will tell you they went through at least the first three plagues. So when the Nile, for example, the first plague was turned into blood, there was no mention of separation or distinction from that plague. It wasn't until the third plague into the fourth where the magicians of Pharaoh began to say, uh-oh, we can't match this. In other words, right now in our nation, the prophetic narrative is this. It seems like everything is at a, 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 a disadvantage. It's like every time that we think that God is going to do something or should be doing something, it, it looks like they have the upper hand. 
That's why people are quoting all the court cases that don't seem to be working and they're giving up. But there comes a moment that God on purpose allows things to play out to test a nation to see where their trust is. That's why at the tomb of Lazarus, oh, you think this is manipulation? Your friend is dead. Your friend. Yeah, that's true. It's his friend. But they're trying to say, hurry up, get here. And Jesus looks at him and says, nah, he's just sleeping. And he decides to make them wait two days longer. Are you kidding me? This is your friend. This is your nation, God. Come on, we voted. And God's just like, no, just wait. Why? So that the glory of God will be revealed. Now, the reason why this is important is because getting back to the finger of God, it wasn't until the finger of God showed up in Exodus chapter 8 that everything began to shift. And from that moment forward, there was a distinction or a difference that God on purpose did to show that he is and was the Lord. Now, it's interesting because I want to read you a prophecy real quick, and we're going to look at Exodus 14, the narratives. This prophecy was given in August, of, of, uh, August 22nd, 2019. And God references a thumb drive or putting his finger or thumb on something. Now, why would God say this? August of 2019, there was no election going on. Everything looked happy and skippy and everything except there are continued attempts to impeach our president. But God says this. In August 22nd, 2019, he says, For I'm putting my thumb on the diabolical deeds of those who have stood before me and look for a sign. Look for this sign, a thumb drive or thumb drives. And when this appears, it shall be a sign of my thumb. It shall be the sign of my finger that has been and is upon this nation to expose, 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 that this land shall come into a season where it shall rest. That's our promise. For the trumpet shall sound louder, and the voice of the trumpet through trump shall even blast louder, and shall outweigh the anger that is against it. I think God's talking about the second term. Yeah. And so God is saying the sign is going to be in thumb drives. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen on the news, and those of you that are watching, it's no secret, Ken, they don't want to acknowledge it. They want to have all evidence and all truth or even talk of truth. They want to censor it and shut it up. But they, there are evidence of people absolutely using thumb drives to manipulate and defraud and violate our constitutional citizen rights of a fair election and a fair vote. This is no longer fraud. It's become crime. And if anybody did this in front of a camera in a bank and began to steal money, would you not be brought to justice? Yeah. Then why aren't these people being brought to justice? Why won't these, these judges, what are they afraid of, judges? To give an honest and fair case. Let the evidence be heard. But they won't do it. That's what these lower courts that are controlled by the left, that, that don't want the truth to come out. Because a lot of this is controlled by demon spirits that want to hold on this nation. And they know who to use. They can use a party that has rejected them on purpose. Now, Exodus 14, look at the prophetic narrative. So we went through plagues. The second thing that you see is you see that they, the people of Israel, were confused. And they were questioning their outcome. Look at verse 3. 
Pharaoh begins to declare that the people are entangled. Now, that word entangled literally means to be confused without an outcome. That's where some people are at today. They are at a place where they literally are, are confused. And I want to just say, use common sense. This isn't a political stance. This is, this is using common sense. Listen, if, if, if the president lost fairly, I would not be speaking the way I'm speaking. Because it wouldn't be honorable. It wouldn't be right. But we're in the middle of crime and something that is so blatant and so obvious, you have to be intentionally putting your hand in the sand and ignoring it. So they were confused. Same today. People are acting confused. Number three, there was a shut-in. Did we not just go through a shut-in? Okay, you can see in Exodus chapter 14, verse 3. Pharaoh says out of his mouth, the wilderness has what? What? Has shut them in. The same thing that we've seen today with this mask. It's, it's the great cover-up. Okay? In the Hebrew, it's supposed to be the year of the mouth. Wow, isn't that interesting? The year of the mouth. And what are we hearing? We're hearing people trying to cover our mouth, silence our voices, shut down our churches. That's why, preacher, if you haven't opened up your church yet, get out of the ministry. So, so here's the thing. I had a dream back, I don't know, a year ago. How many of you follow our prophetic pulses? Where I talked about the, the dream I had about a baseball game that was being played. Do you remember that? And, and the baseball game was being played. Now, what's America's pastime? I mean, it really needs to be football. But anyway, it's baseball. We'll just keep it as that, not to make you matter than what we already are. But they were playing baseball. And the team on the right, man, they were getting beat uh, with bats as they would get ready to go out and, and get up to, to, to bat, uh, the, the, the team on the left would come and hit their legs and, and, and try to injure them. They were changing the score and running up the score. Remember that? Until suddenly something shifted and I saw a hand come out of the heavens. And remember this, in, I shared this. It hit the scoreboard and God said, I have come to settle the score. We are in that place right now. Where this shut-in, they think that it's to control us, take away our religious liberties, try to silence us, and God is saying, no, 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 there's too much injustice, and I'm going to settle the score. Yeah. Now, let's go on quickly. Now, the next thing is, there was a standstill. In Exodus 14, there was a standstill. The nation was in a standstill. Well, uh, most of the movement or the action that was happening, okay, it looks like a lot of the action that was happening, if you look at Exodus 14, Israel was at a standstill, but all the action was coming from the left. So if you look at a map, uh, there would have been the Red Sea on the right, north and south. They couldn't go because there was mountainous terrain. So the only way was from the left of a pursuing enemy. Hint, hint. Number five, there was, I'm going to call it this way, a communist, godless pursuit from the left when the nation of Israel was standing at a standstill. You say, well, how can you say it was a communist, uh, uh, you know, Godless pursuit because that's what it was. It was a governmental control. The only thing that Egypt offered to Israel, hint, hint, was governmental dependency and slavery with bondage. That's exactly, if you voted for the left, that's exactly what you just gave your agreement to. It's a fact, Jack. Here's the problem. This nation's at a standstill, and we are waiting, watch this, while the guilty continues to try to convince the honorable that they won fairly. 
There's a problem with that. The other thing is, number six, everyone, including the left and the nation of Israel, was about to face something red, Red Sea. Look at number seven. The nation was in fear, just like today. Look at verse 10. And Pharaoh drew nigh. The children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were so afraid. Now, it's important because the closer we get until God chooses to act, fear will only increase. Don't give in to it. Amen. Number eight, they walked out, the children of Israel, with their fists raised in defiance, okay? 74 million, as we know, who voted on the right side, we, that's what we did. We said, you know what? We're going to fight for the right for life. We're going to fight for Israel. We're going to fight for this nation. We're going to fight for God. We're going to fight for what's right. So we had a certain defiance, correct? Yeah. All right. And, and on the left, they had their defiance. The only reason why some of you voted for the left is because you hate Trump. And you didn't even realize that you didn't love little babies in the womb more than you hated Trump. How sad. But you're an accessory to a crime. I hope you repent. It's called murder. So, in Exodus 14, verse 8, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children went out with a high hand, or they went out in defiance. Now watch what happens. This is the word I want to share. How many of you are a patriot in here? You love the United States of America. You love our flag, you love our constitution, you love our warriors, come on, our veterans, our military. You love red, yellow, black, and white, the true Americans of this nation. Doesn't matter what ethnos they are. They love God and love this nation, we, we bond. We're Americans. But you know what they did? Listen carefully. They went from fists defiant to now look at Exodus 14, 12 into conceding. Don't you dare back off. You're saying your vote doesn't, didn't matter and doesn't matter. I have a right. I voted. And I want a fair election. Look at verse 12. Didn't we tell you in Egypt, Moses, leave us alone. And it would have been better to serve the Egyptians. Now, when, if you concede right now, well, but he has been announced as the president. Okay, by God. Well, tomorrow, don't you know that the electoral college, okay, God has already told us, he is not paying attention to the certification votes, to the electoral college. He's not even paying attention to the inauguration. He is going to do it his way. So tomorrow, if it doesn't turn out quite like you like it, just don't get on Facebook. Just go cry in a pillow in your room. <laughs> Here's what people do. You want bondage over freedom if you acknowledge what they're trying to get us to acknowledge. You are acknowledging that you want bondage over freedom. They've already told you what their agenda is. Go read on the left their party platform. Oh, LOH, just uh, Facebook and OVM. Oh, wow, they're taking me down. Okay. So, what are you scared of? They want communism. And by the way, OVM, you're still up at this moment. Quickly, before they censor me, quickly, quickly, go to LOHchurch.org and watch, watch. Okay, there you go. Communism, socialism over capitalism. 
When we uh, concede, we're agreeing against what God wants. Okay? Number 10, the blame game. Israel got caught up in the blame game. So are Christians today. Exodus 14, verse 11. And they said unto Moses, because there's no graves in Egypt, you've taken us away to die in the wilderness. Really, use your common sense. Is there graves in the wilderness? Wherefore, why have you done this to us? Is not this the word that we did tell you? Leave us alone. And here's what they couldn't see. They couldn't see Migah or Migah. You know, make Israel great again. <laughs> they could not see Migah or Migah. Make Israel great again. They were 400 years in bondage, and God raised up a deliverer in Moses, and all they kept doing is blasting their leader. Hello! Because they couldn't see God's agenda through the leader! They couldn't see Maga, and they couldn't see Maga. And so they started conceding. Kidding me? Number 11, Pharaoh declared and believed that he was a victor. So he began to follow them. Now, I like what one person said, many preachers. Be wise where you get your information from. So, do you think that the information of Goliath is valid? Do you think that the information that Jezebel and her prophets were saying were valid? Well, then why are we giving so much credibility to the news? Be careful where you're getting your information from. I've always learned that whatever the devil tells you, the opposite is true. Look at Exodus 14, verse 14. Look at what God tells the nation to do. Hint, hint. He tells the nation to go forward. He didn't say, oh, back up and concede. Back up. Y'all are a bunch of clowns out here in the wilderness, and I, I mean, you've just made me mad, and you've offended the Lord God of hosts. Go backwards. Are you kidding? He said, come on. Go forward. This nation is not going backwards. I don't care what they say. It's going to go forward. You say, how? Look at verse 13. Look at the verse ahead of it. God gives us the instructions and the patriot uh, mentality and war, warring spirit. He said to the people, and I say to the patriots of this nation, to God's people, true Americans, are you ready? Fear not. Stand firm. Why? You're going to see the salvation or the preservation of your Lord. So those three words are going to be played out. You will see. And then look at this. This is why we've got to fight for our democracy. Because there comes a time where God has to deal with the Egyptian system or the Egyptian agenda that evil spirits are using so that you don't see them no more. If we don't have this thing go to court or whatever way God does and chooses to cause this thing to be played out, you can kiss our democracy goodbye. Yeah. I was in a nation. I won't say which one it was. Meeting with the president of a nation. And they had brought in several people that they thought were going to be the president. So the president was wanting to name his successor. And so they began to talk on who they thought it was, and people were discussing among themselves who they thought. And finally, the president said to me, he said, uh, 
Hank, what, what do you sense? And I went and I pointed my finger at a, at a man that was sitting off to the side. He looked like a reporter, and he was wearing a polo shirt and khaki pants, and he was riding. I said, this is the one that the Lord has anointed. And you could hear a pin drop. Immediately he said, I want everybody to leave the room but this man, Hank. And he said, Hank, it's amazing because he said, this is the one that I want. And I said this to this president. I said, if you, I said, you may want him, but if you don't listen carefully to what I tell you, there is a man named Hugo Chavez who wants to steal your election. And he is going to use fraud and corruption. And if you don't do, and I told him two things specifically, this man will lose by less than 1%. Now, what was God's agenda? What was God's desire for this man to be placed in that position of authority? Do you know what? They only did one thing that the Lord said. They didn't do the other thing and deal with Chavez. And their nation was stolen from them through fraud. And it took them I can't say too much, took them years before they got the right guy back in. But their nation has never been the same. This is how serious that we see the Egyptians no more. Now, here's the great, great part. Look at verse 16 of Exodus 14. It says that the children of Israel or the nation went over on dry ground. Why is that significant? Because dry ground speaks that God had already prepared the ground. God had already had a plan. People keep saying, well, how God, how God, how God? Are you, are, are you really going to reduce ourselves to tell God how when he already planned dry ground? He's already planned something, and he doesn't need the courts unless he chooses so. Herod was acting out, and it took nothing for God to send an angel to smite Herod, and it's done. It was over. We need to trust God. Why? Look at verse 18. God said, I will get my honor upon Pharaoh. I'll get it upon his chariots. I'm going to get it upon his horsemen. In other words, there is coming a glory that belongs to the Lord. In, in number, uh, number 13, they were all waiting for something red to open up. Okay, num uh, number 14 there was an opening of the sea. Something is getting ready to open. And notice, it's on God's timing. I'm sure Pharaoh, he was so prideful that he went in after the children of Israel, he probably thought that he did it. And I bet there were some in Israel that probably thought he did too. At what point are we going to trust God? Number 15, the pride of the Egyptians walked into a trap set by God. God has set a trap, I'm telling you. We haven't seen it play out yet, but we will, if this is the right prophetic narrative. And the Egyptians pursued, went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and horsemen. So God set a trap, and he waited on purpose. Number 16, narrative, trouble is coming. Okay? You say, how is that? Look at Exodus 14, 24 says God troubled the Egyptians. Notice he waited. He could have wiped them out in the desert, but instead he decided to have a little drama. God doesn't mind drama. He doesn't mind a show. Remember 1 Kings 18, he waited for a showdown. 
Isn't that what he did? God's waiting for a showdown. And so God troubled the Egyptians. And notice what he did, verse 25. He took off the chariot wheels that drove them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fights against the Egyptians. Right now, they're not seeing the church fight for their God. They're not seeing the church fight for the president who supposedly wants to bring Merry Christmas back to the nation and bring the honor of God. Whether he's a Christian or not, that's not the issue. It's what he's doing for the Lord's church. And that's why they mock you, Christian, because you are wimping out and won't stand with him or this nation. And so here's the thing. They literally saw that the Lord was fighting for them. But notice God took off their chariot wheels. Now, why is this prophetic narrative so important? In other words, there was a certain momentum that Pharaoh and his army had, and it looks like that they had the upper hand until God troubled them and began to take off their chariot wheels. And I believe that we are in that, that process right now over the next few days. In fact, God said shock and awe. And I think one of the things that shocked people, it wasn't what you thought, is the Texas ruling that rejected the state's courts. That was pretty shocking, wasn't it? So if that's pretty shocking, then the next thing that needs to happen is some awe. Why not? I'm in awe of God. But the momentum is going to shift. And then watch the next thing that happens. So the next thing that happens after God changes the momentum, it says he stripped them of their weapons. Okay, that's the electoral map and numbers that don't reflect truth yet. Then God closed the Red Sea. And what did he do? He began a new era with his nation. God is allowing this setup. Now, some people are getting absolutely impatient. Well, it's taking too long. Wait a minute. If, if there is this level of corruption and this level of lies, okay, it took a whole year and millions of your money to prove that the dirty cops and their agenda to try to frame Trump with the collusion from Russia was a hoax took a year and those people need to be brought to justice that did that I'm, I'm sorry and I think there's a whole lot of Egyptians and people that need to get right in the middle of God's trap and get exposed and my thought is God take as long as you want until every one of them realize that what they did was wrong and that's why, preacher, if you're watching and you're getting on, oh, we just need to pray for the president, talking about 46, he ain't the president. You can pray for him, but he ain't the president. Yeah, but, but the news, really, where are you getting your information? That's why there's been such a vicious attack against intercessors, Christians, believers, uh, prophets, non-prophets that have been speaking that, they all felt that this man would get a second term. You mean they're all wrong? And the media has to somehow be right? Let's go on. I'm almost done. If they could come to the piano. I want to show you something. So what is God waiting for? How does this thing end? Okay, you got to go to the last verse of Exodus 14. If this is the prophetic narrative, look at verse 31. This is how this thing is going to end. If this is the prophetic narrative, all the things that I'm talking about right here, Look at verse 31, and I want you to make sure you put it up always so that they can see it at home, please. Thank you. I know you're doing it. It says, and Israel saw what? No, you're mumbling. Don't mumble, please. What, what great work? 
Okay, notice they didn't say the great work. That great work. There's a difference between the great work and that great work. You say, well, Pastor Rank, what's the difference? That great work speaks of a specific event that God decided and intervened and made it happen that not one person in the nation knew. Answer this. Did any of the Israeli people know that God was going to open the sea? No, that's why they cried and wanted to go back and concede. Did Moses even know how God was going to do it? No. Otherwise, God wouldn't have to correct him and say, uh, why are you crying unto me? So nobody in the nation, not the leaders, not anyone, knew how God was going to do it. The fact is God chose a specific event. If that was the prophetic narrative then, it will be the prophetic narrative now. There is that specific event. I have no clue what it is, and God's not revealing it to anyone. Because he wants it to be his all. Now, what's amazing to me, notice what happens. Now, what was our beginning scripture? 2 Chronicles 20, 20. Believe the Lord and what? You'll be established. Believe his prophets and you'll what? Notice how this chapter ends. It ends with exactly a 2 Chronicles 20, 20 narrative of believing the Lord and his prophets. Notice what it says. So there was a great work. The people saw that great work, but watch now. And the people feared the Lord and what? Sounds like 2 Chronicles 20, 20. And they also believed his servant or prophet Moses. So how's this thing going to end up? It's going to end up that 2 Chronicles 20, 20 was after all right. God was right and so was his vessels because there's coming a great work. Now I want you to stand to your feet. I want to show you one other thing. So I was reading through Psalm 136. And the Lord showed me something that I wanted to share. Two, two analogies with you. I'm kind of having to go fast here. What is this great act going to consist of? And this is something that we need to pray. Because if you want to draw God to your life, to your situation, to your nation, you need to remember what happened in 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Does anybody remember? They were crying out as one. They weren't on Facebook, social media, being divided, being scared. Come on, telling the enemy what you're thinking, so you're just empowering them, right? And so they were crying out, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And if you keep reading in 2 Chronicles 5.13, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever, the next word that follows is the word then. Then the house was filled with glory. So, Pastor Hank, you mean to tell me that God's presence will come like a magnet, if I declare out of my mouth, not fear, not unbelief, but if I declare, Lord, you're good, and your mercy endures forever. It's like a magnet. It draws him. Lord, you're good, and your mercy endures forever over this nation. Now, why is this important? Look at Psalm 136. Look at verses 13 through 15. It says, to him which divided the Red Sea in parts, watch, his mercy endures forever. So what was the psalmist contributing the dividing of the sea to? His mercy. Look at verse 14. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endures forever. So what opened the sea? His mercy. What caused him to pass over? His mercy. Look at verse 15. But overthrew Pharaoh, his host in the Red Sea. What did that? What finally brought their leftist agenda to a place of no more? 
God's mercy. And yet we are insulting God, thinking that somehow he has not seen all the repentance that has been going on, the Jericho marching, the Dutch sheets who's out there working his backside off for this nation, praying, and others. And somehow we're insulting the Lord God. His mercy. We don't deserve this. That, they didn't deserve it. That's why I'm convinced this thing's going to turn around. We don't deserve it. But if his mercy showed up in the prophetic narrative on that day, his mercy is going to show up in this prophetic narrative this day. All right, last verse. I want to show you something. Be very, very careful about something. Look at Psalm 106, and I want you to look at verse 7. This is very important. It says, Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of your what? They didn't remember his mercies. You know why I'm convinced that 46 is not at this time going to be seated? Because I don't believe that God is going to forsake his mercies. And that's exactly what this says. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of your mercies. Lord, if you did it for them, you'll do it for us. And I won't say anything else, but we're going to see your mercy. And notice what it says. But they provoked him at the sea. I think there are a lot of preachers. There are a lot of Christians that have provoked their God through their unbelief and their refusal to call upon or stand demanding his mercy. That's why if you've been out there conceding and putting all your feelings and scared and worried out there, change right now. Change right now. And say from this moment forward, no, 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 no. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And I want to give you the last verse. This is what separates the men from the boys. This is what I'm going to show you. This is what separates what pleases God and what doesn't please God. Psalm, I want you to see this, Psalm 103, verse 7. God made known his ways unto who? Who was the one that sought his face? Never said that about Israel. To insult many of God's prophets that have been speaking, we seek his face. CNN doesn't. Fox News doesn't. MSNBC doesn't. Time Magazine doesn't. You Scared YouTube doesn't. Otherwise, why aren't you put keeping the videos up? If you sought the face of God, you would feel the injustice that God knows and sees. Right? Moses knew God's ways, but the children of Israel, all they ever knew was, oh, God's act here, God's act there. And that's why they forgot him. Wow. So what does that mean, Pastor Ryan? Here's what it means. If you know God's ways and you seek his face, when it comes to the craziness in this nation, it means you're not going to be moved. Because why? If you know God's ways, it means you know his character. Today, it means he is faithful. He loves babies. He loves life outside the womb and in the womb. He is a just judge, not an unjust judge. He loves the United States of America. He loves his church. And he hates wickedness. 
it's out of God's character to ignore repentance and majority who chose life in their vote. It's out of God's character to ignore a party that honored him and welcomed him at the convention. That's just out of God's character. So why are we so easily slipping into it's all about God's act? Oh, you got to do something. That's, 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 you're caught up in, the, in, in God's acts. If you're caught up in the face of God and his characters, you rest and say, Lord, you don't rest like you don't do anything. You're just in a position of faith that says, Lord, I know your character. You love this nation. You're a God of covenant. You have honored and heard the prayers of your people. And watch this. Stay out of the Abraham mistake. God came down for one man's vote. One man's opinion. Not 50 righteous that didn't exist. That was based on Abraham's own human reasoning on what it would take to turn God's judgment from Sodom and Gomorrah. God came down to talk to his friend who sought his face. I am not going to get caught up in however many it takes. No, God, look at this face right here. I'm before your face, and I'm here to say we are going to continue to pray for 45. We're going to continue to pray for this nation. And I'm not even looking at your acts. I'm looking at your face. And because I look at your face, I can trust your character is going to do something at the right time. In the meantime, I celebrate and eat cake. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Lift your hands up. Say, God, we receive your word. God bless me. God bless this nation. We seek your face. We ask you for your mercy over our lives, over this nation, over all that's taking place. Lord, you're good. And your mercy endures forever. And we trust you. And we're going to be in awe in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I want to say this last thing as we get ready to leave. You know, people are asking me, I guess next uh, Sunday will be our Christmas message. I will not talk politics then. I promise you. Because it's just not the right setting. So that's why you listen on Wednesday night. You listen on Thursday night. We'll talk politics. And you say, well, I just don't want to go to a church where that's all you do is talk politics. Excuse me. Is there anybody in here that you haven't been consumed or not consumed like in a bad way, but this isn't your world? If I just get up and preach, you know, uh, you know, you can make it. Uh, you're spiritually strong. And that's a great message. But really, is that where your head is? Is that where your fight is? Is that where your prayer is? No. So we need preachers right now. They're going to speak and walk us through this. Now you say, why is that so? Listen to me. Hosea chapter 12, verse 13. I am standing in the grace that God called me to. Well, what's that grace, Pastor Frank? Hosea 12, 13. It was through a prophet or a prophetic anointing or grace that God brought Israel, the nation, out. So God's using prophetic voices. That's why the enemy is attacking them, to bring this nation out. And it was by that prophetic anointing that the nation or the people were preserved. That's why we got to talk about it. Now, on Christmas... We're going, to, we're going to talk about a star or something like that. You can invite your friends. It will be safe. If they didn't vote for Trump, 
I promise, I, listen, I, I promise I won't say anything. I think it'll be totally terrific. I think it's going to be great. I really do. Thank you. I'll behave myself. I really will. Thank you. Thank you. I'll do, I'll do great. I'll behave myself. So you can invite friends, invite people, and there won't even be a word of, that's great. Won't even say that. Won't say it's huge. Okay. So you, you get it. So it'll be a nice Christmas thing. But listen, the stars are supposedly aligning the planets. And it, the last time it happened was when the Mayflower came over here. And then before that, they say it was the Christmas star. So we are in a moment of God's divine plan and purposes over this nation. And things are aligning. Just align yourself with this face and watch what it does with your perspective and how you're going to be carried through this time. Amen? I bless you. Give somebody a high five. I'll see you next service or next week for our nice Christmas program. Amen.